Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. You see what I'm wearing? That's right. Got the victory shirt on, and that means the Philadelphia Phillies won this weekend. They did. They took two of three and the series from the New York Mets. First time since 2021. But did the Phillies deserve to do it? And also, we'll preview their upcoming series with the Chicago Cubs over in Chicago on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is indeed Locked on Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. I realize the intro might have made it sound like I was in Chicago. No, I'm in Philadelphia here. You can hear me on Philly Sports Talk Radio daily on 97.5 The Fanatic. You can hear me occasionally and see me as well on NBC Sports Philadelphia on the television side. And of course, I'm your host of Locked on Phillies, uh, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for checking us out here at Locked on Phillies. Make sure you're rating and reviewing if you're consuming in podcast form. And if you're watching on video, checking us out on YouTube and haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube, go ahead and do that. It's quick. It's easy. It gives you notifications when new episodes get posted and everything like that. It's the best way to consume Locked on Phillies. Uh, so I appreciate everyone who's already subscribed. And if you haven't yet, what are you waiting for? The Phillies are starting to uh, continue to warm up. Maybe we're going to talk about that, but you're going to want to be along for the ride for what has already been a very interesting season of Phillies baseball. And we're not even halfway there yet. Maybe we're exactly halfway. I don't know. I got to do the math on that. But we're still got a lot of the season left, 80-some games left. So go ahead and subscribe to Locked on Phillies is the bottom line. Now, this weekend was an interesting series with the New York Mets. So Friday, the Phillies take down the Mets in a 5-1 uh, to one victory. Uh, that was a nice victory for your Philadelphia Phillies. They scored two right off the bat in the first inning. Uh, Bryce Harper hit an RBI single. Uh, Bryce is not hit a sacrifice fly. Uh, and they go ahead and they jump out early on the Mets, who got one back in the third on a Brandon Nimmo homer. But then three runs in the bottom of the sixth inning uh, that included a uh, Brandon Marsh RBI single to the left that scored Bryce and Stott and a Trey Turner uh, RBI single, two RBI single rather, in the sixth inning to extend it. Uh, took care of business. As far as uh, the pitching for the Philadelphia Phillies, I mean, Taiwan Walker was great again. Six innings of three-hit ball, one earned against his former team, and the bullpen was great. When you have the best guys available, the bullpen's really good. Soto, Alvarado, Kimbrell, Rob Thompson used the best guys. Uh, they threw three no-hit innings to shut down the New York Mets. 5-1 Phillies, nice, comfortable win. Not too many big storylines from this one. I mean, uh, this was just, hey, uh, the Phillies kind of choked him out because Taiwan Walker was pitching well. Trey Turner had some big hits. Uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more as the series goes on. And the patients facing Kodai Senga, who dominated the Phillies last time, they're much more patient and kind of eliminated that ghost forkball. Uh, love to see that development. That means good things for this team's potential as a playoff team, that they did that against Senga, because that means that when facing a guy or when they have more film on a guy, remember last time they faced Senga, they got uh, smoked, so many strikeouts, and it was the first time they ever seen him. Well, now – the adjustments seem to be made quickly. So over the course of a series, if you see a starter or a reliever a second time, you could probably adjust quickly, and that helps the Phillies come playoff time. So that was good. Uh, good work by the Phillies and Trey Turner and Tywin Walker uh, on uh, Friday. Saturday was a 4-2 loss to the Mets. Another good start uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies, and this was from Christopher Sanchez. He went five innings, a five-hit, three-run ball. Uh, now, you might say, okay, that, that's not exactly a perfect start. Well, 
you're also throwing Christopher Sanchez in a spot start role. The way the spots, uh, spot starts had been going before they started using Christopher Sanchez, I call that good. Um, now, the issue, of course, is you didn't create offense whatsoever. I mean, the lineup, Schwarber was over four. Turner, one for four. He had a nice series. He had an RBI. Castellanos, three for three. He's unbelievable. He should be an all-star. But Harper went over. Romuto went over. Bohm went over. Uh, Cody Clemens went over. Uh, Brandon Marsh, two for four. Brandon Marsh was really good in the series against the Mets. Uh, the Mets and Bryce Stott two for four. They were bad with runners in scoring position, and uh, they just got down too much early. I mean, Stalin Marte who kills the Phillies homer in the first inning of Game Two. Brandon Nimmo RBI single to left in the third. Nick Castellanos hit a center uh, center field home run, and Trey Turner had an RBI single. So the Phillies did tie it up at one point, but then the top of the sixth, uh, Pete Alonso hit a fielder's choice RBI. Tommy Pham RBI single that scored. Who else? Uh, Starling Marte. Four to two, and the Phillies' offense just never got going with runners in scoring position. They weren't very clutch uh, in this series of points with runners in scoring position. I know they scored five in Game One and one by four, but still they had other opportunities. So then showdown Sunday, uh, Wheeler on the mound. Whoever gets the job done uh, wins the series. Totally get that. Okay, great. Uh, final score seven to six. We know the Phillies won, but how they did it was super interesting. So. Wheeler only went five and a third innings pitch. He allowed nine hits, five earned runs. He walked two. He struck out eight. That's not exactly a Zach Wheeler performance. In the bullpen, uh, Matt Strom was good for a short stint. Jose Alvarado had a little bit of trouble. Two hits and an earned run. Uh, you rarely see that from him. But Jeff Hoffman and Craig Kimbrell went ahead and closed it down. Great work by Jeff Hoffman, who I was very upset that uh, Rob Thompson used in a big situation against the Braves in that series. My beef isn't totally with Jeff Hoffman. Uh, does he deserve a place on this team? Yeah, I mean, for right now with the health and everything, he's probably one of the lower levels of the bullpen, but I don't think you have someone you, you're calling up over him. Uh, my issue is if you're in a 1-1 game in the seventh and you haven't gone to the pen yet and you should have everybody available because you had an off day the day before, Jeff Hoffman's not your top guy in the pen. Is Can he be a usable guy in interesting situations? Yeah, he's got a 3-1-2 ERA. I mean, that's better than Craig Kimball, who's been really good. Uh, as your closer, and Kimbrell got the save. But uh, where this game really went haywire <laughs> was the eighth inning. So Trey Turner hit a home run in the first inning to put the Phillies up one nothing. Then Pete Alonso had a two-RBI single in the third. 2-1 Mets. Trey Turner, RBI single in the third as well. 2-2, two, two. so he had two hits and two RBIs uh, by the third inning. Then the fourth, Brandon Nimmo had an RBI single, 3-2 uh, Mets. Francisco Lindor homers in the fifth. 4-2 Mets, and you're like, oh, okay. Kind of feels like the Phillies are hanging around, but with Wheeler on the mound, you felt like it was going to be a more dominant type of pitching performance than that. I get that. I don't think Wheeler's in trouble at all. I just think he had one of those days. Then Trey Turner scores on a throwing error as he's a absolute menace on the base pass again. Uh, so he scores in the fifth. So he scored three of the Phillies – or sorry, two of the Phillies' three runs – and has the other one was an RBI by Trey Turner. Like, he was just unbelievable in the early part of this game, killing the Mets. And then Starling Marte grounds out third, uh, RBI. Uh, Pete Alonzo homers, 6-3. And by the seventh inning, you're like, okay. It felt good at 4-2. to 6-3 to kind of feels like this game might be over in the seventh inning with only six more outs to work with. Oh, man. Boy, if you thought that, you forgot the Mets were the Mets. And listen. All due respect to a wonderful organization in the New York Mets that totally never collapses. <laughs> Just kidding. They always do this. But the funny thing, I was talking about this at work today. Yeah, they always do this. They always have like these Mets collapses. 
but it's rarely against the Phillies. The Phillies haven't won a series against them since 2021. It's been a while. They've handled the Phillies well, even if they don't really end up in a good spot at the end of the season, they being the New York Mets. But here's how the eighth inning went. Walker comes in to pitch for the New York Mets out of the pen, and he's aptly named because Bryce Harper walks. Then JT Romuto singles to left, Harper to second, and then Bryce's stop walks and loads the bases. Then Brigham comes in from the pen. I don't know what Buck Showalter's doing or how he's managing or what. This is very similar to how we felt about Rob Thompson and how he employed his bullpen against the Atlanta Braves. But Buck Showalter is doing the same thing, and he's it doesn't seem like he's trying to win baseball games. I don't know what he's doing over there. Not our problem. Bottom line is Brigham comes in, and Alec Bohm hits the ball to shortstop. And the ball is bobbled and kind of thrown away, and everybody's safe, and a run scores, and it's 6-4. to four. Now you have the bases loaded again with no outs. And then Brandon Marsh walks on a ball that was close, a really good take by him on a 3-2 count. He walks. Another run scores, 6-5, to five, bases loaded, no outs. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay, the Phillies are going to do this. They're going to win this game. Cody Clemens then strikes out swinging. Uh, all right, you got one out. And then Kyle Schwerber gets hit by a pitch. <laughs> Just leans right. doesn't lean into it, but like doesn't try and get out of the way of it, really. It was a clear hit by pitch on that one. So forces in the tying run. Trey Turner's up, who has killed the Mets already. And Turner uh, almost gets hit by like the second pitch of the at-bat, a breaker that was in that almost looked like he hit him in the leg. And then he does get hit square in the middle of the back by a breaking ball. Forces in a run, 7-6 to six Phillies. And uh, that would be the final score of this one as uh, Castellanos and Harper both got out the end of the inning. But uh, then you just needed Craig Kimbrell in the top of the ninth to get three outs, and he sure did. So uh, great work by the Philadelphia Phillies to fight through that. And the Mets just – the Mets being the Mets. Um, we'll have a conversation coming up, though, about how we should view that series and the Phillies recently, because I'm fighting a warring battle with some people, it seems like, about positivity with this team. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into that and discuss, and then we're going to wrap up with a look forward, because it is an off day. Phillies don't play tonight, uh, but they'll play the Chicago Cubs tomorrow night at 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast of that game on the Sirius XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. We'll talk about that uh, as we wrap up the episode. But coming up next, I want to talk a little bit about this Mets series and the reactions to it that I've seen. Because I, I don't know. I'm getting a little annoyed with some people in the Phillies fan base. We'll discuss as we continue Lock On Phillies. All right, let me tell you about my friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. Excuse me. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the very first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit. Or you get your money back. Perfect. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you're going to be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Uh, let me just ask you this, okay? If you were building the baseball team and you got your money back anytime you gave out a bad contract that you didn't want, if you got a guarantee that any player is going to fit perfectly with your team chemistry locker room-wise, uh, and if you had 122 million players to choose from, like that would be a super easy team to build. Think about how much easier that is than what it is actually building a sports team. That's why eBay Motors is so great. They make it so easy for you, almost unbelievably easy. It's Again, it's easy to bring on a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. 
Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions to apply. All right, let's talk a little bit again about this series with the Mets and the reaction that I saw. Now, the Phillies are going to head to Chicago. They're going to play a team in the Chicago Cubs that are two games over 500. The Phillies now three games over 500, so great work by the Phillies there. Uh, but the Cubs 37 and 39. First pitch of the first game of that series is tomorrow night. I'm recording this on Monday. So it's Tuesday night at 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast of that contest on the Sirius XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. Uh, we'll discuss that coming up. But I saw some people tweeting that were really, really annoyed with the Phillies this weekend. And I get that the NL East is something that brings uh, this type of venom out of Philadelphia Phillies fans, and especially the New York Mets. People hate the Mets in this town as much as they hate any team uh, besides probably the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys are always going to be number one, I think. But the Mets are up there. So are the Penguins. So are the Celtics. But the Mets are definitely up there. They're the Phillies' biggest most hated rival, no doubt, even though they choke every year uh, and they don't ever come through themselves. It's still annoying. And the fact that you hadn't beaten them since 2021 made Sunday feel like uh, a must win almost. Like go down six to three and you battle back like that. I get there's like all these walks and hit by pitches. All right. Let me tell you, walking in baseball in the major leagues is not as easy as it might seem. Uh, my brother seems to have this thing where he's convinced that if he just stood up there, he'd take walks all the time because the the pitchers just uh, – they walk people every once in a while. And, that, and that's true, but, I mean, at the same time, if you're walking up there as an actual professional player who can hit the ball uh, greater than like a 240 clip – or some guys on the Phillies can't do that – but you can hit the ball in any capacity as a major league baseball player, you don't just go up there and take walks, especially in the situation the Phillies were in with the bases loaded – in a game where you think you can do damage with one swing. So the at-bats were really good. Uh, the hit-by-pitches, that's fully on the Mets uh, and everything like that. But you got yourself into a situation with good bullpen pitching and uh, good early scoring that you could go ahead and take advantage of those mistakes by the New York Mets. So, yes, the Mets handed that game to the Philadelphia Phillies. But if somebody's going to hand you something, you still got to grasp your hand around it and take it from them. I mean – you're not ripping it away from them, but I still thought that was a fine win. I mean, any win is a fine win. I think what we do is we forget so fast about how annoyed we get with the team when they're losing, right? Uh, like think about where we were three weeks ago when the Philadelphia Phillies hadn't gone on this hot stretch and they're below 500. And it's like, uh, what in the world do we do? Do they potentially sell at the deadline? Can you trade Aaron Nola for something, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and now You've beaten the Mets in a series for the first time since 2021, and all of a sudden we have people saying, well, uh, they were given that game. It doesn't matter. They still didn't play well. I don't care if the Philadelphia Phillies play well. I do not care, okay? I don't care one bit how many hits they have or how many strikeouts a pitcher has or anything. My number one chief concern is wins or losses. That's kind of the point of the sport. That's why it goes into the whole Kyle Schwarber batting leadoff conversation. They win when he bats leadoff. Do I care if he gets out every single time he bats leadoff if the Philadelphia Phillies win? No, I, I don't, okay? I don't care what the process is as long as the result is W's and enough W's to get you into the playoffs and everything. I know from last year that this team is talented enough to make a run. 
They have enough clutch performers to make a run. I don't care what they've looked like this year. Uh, I don't care that you say, oh, Bryce Harper hasn't hit the ball out of the yard. You're telling me you're worried about Bryce Harper come playoff time? Let's not lie to each other. He was the NLCS MVP last year and hit one of the biggest home runs in baseball history. Certainly one of the biggest in Philadelphia Phillies history. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not worried about him. JT Romito, like the best catcher in baseball every year, not worried. Nick Castellanos, an all-star this year, not worried. Uh, Kyle Schwarber hits big home runs all the time, can always hit the ball out of the yard. The yard. I want that guy on my team. Uh, Bryson Stott, big at bat against Spencer Strider, who at that time you might have thought he was going to be the National League Rookie of the Year in the NLDS against the Braves in your first home playoff game in over a decade. Yeah, I think I'll be all right. Alec Bohm. Uh, gets up from getting hit by a pitch in that Cardinals wildcard series, clapping and screaming at the dugout, knowing how big of a moment that is. Yeah, he's zoned in come playoff time. I mean, I look at all these guys that you have on this team, and I say there's no doubt that they're going to be ready come October if they make it in. They just have to make it in. And that's why I'm not worried about like the quality of wins right now. Now, if you get to a point where, let's say, I don't know, uh, you're eight or nine games over 500, and you're within – uh, one or two of the Marlins, and maybe the Braves cool off a little bit and you get within like five of them. Then I'm starting to look at you a little bit differently. What are the quality of wins? What are the quality of opponents? Are you getting better? All that stuff. But that's for later on in the season or when the moment arises. Right now, if you're not tracking down teams in the division, the NL East doesn't matter any more than any other games you have. So you have to kind of fight that urgency to say, that urge, I should rather say, fight that urge to uh, – look at a Mets uniform and a Braves uniform and say this game matters more. Because if you're not tracking down Atlanta, it really doesn't. Uh, and then what you also have to do is you also have to just understand how important wins, even ugly wins, are right now for this team. And they're so important that they outweigh the negative takeaways of how you got that. Oh, they're this and that with runners in scoring position. Yeah, that's not good. And we will discuss those on days. Uh, even when they win sometimes. We'll, we'll mention it. I'm mentioning these problems right now. I'm not pretending like they don't exist. I'm saying that the Phillies, over the past couple weeks, have been winning in spite of some deficiencies. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. I mean, they've been really good over the past couple weeks. They're above 500. Uh, they're making up ground in the wild card. I mean, they're, they're doing what they need to do, what we wanted them to do, and there are still people out there complaining that they're not doing it well enough, which that's Philadelphia. Perfection is the goal. And mediocrity is going to be booed uh, to heck. I get it. I can be that way too. Just when you're in the middle of a baseball season, you don't want to blow up too much and too early at this team when they're winning. They're playing winning baseball right now. That's just a fact of the matter. So if you're looking at that Mets series as, oh, that was a terrible series. They didn't. Even though they won, they were handed the final game, didn't deserve it. Game two sucked. The offense was kind of stagnant. Okay. I mean, you could feel that way if you want. I'm sitting here celebrating that they beat the Mets for the first time since 2021. That's a nice thing. Because could you imagine, I don't know, a series in 2021 where the Phillies beat the Mets and someone was like, didn't like the way a certain player played in that series. So they didn't celebrate. And then all of a sudden for the next two years, you never beat them in a series again. Like, man, I should have celebrated that when we had against the Mets. And I don't think there's going to be another long drought. Uh, I think the Phillies can play against that team uh, from up there in Flushing. But bottom line is celebrate the victories. The Phillies need to stack them. They didn't get many to start the year. Now that they're playing winning baseball, I hate to see people get super nitpicky about how they need to win baseball games. Just win, baby. And then we'll worry about getting nitpicky uh, come September and October. Coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Phillies matchup with the Cubs. 
uh, we'll just give a general overview of the series and who the Cubs are as a team and get you ready for a road trip to Chicago. Should be nice this time of year uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies and the Cubs. So we'll talk about that as we wrap up Locked On Phillies. All right, Phillies, Cubs, that series starts tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is first pitch. You can hear every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast against the Chicago Cubs uh, on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. Ranger Suarez, who has been good lately for the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, is going to take on James Tyon for the uh, Chicago Cubs. And you've got a interesting pitching matchup in game one. Phillies favored in that one. Uh, game two of the series on Wednesday is going to be Nola versus Drew Smiley. And you're going to round out the series with Taiwan Walker facing Kyle Hendricks. So a uh, couple good opportunities for the Phillies. Um, it looks like on paper, a rather evenly matched series. Right now coming into this series, uh, the Cubs leader with home runs, Patrick Wisdom has 14. Schwarber has 20. He's started to hit the ball out of the yard a little bit. Great. Um, Horner for the Chicago Cubs, Nico Horner. He's leading them in average at 282. Castellanos is batting 313 for the Phillies, should be an all star. Uh, Bohm has 47 RBIs to lead the Phillies. Nico Horner, 39 RBIs to lead the Cubs. So the offense looks better for the Philadelphia Phillies, but the record looks rather comparable. Uh, and the Phillies are not a good road team uh, so far this year. So uh, this will be an interesting one. Now, Zach Wheeler leads the Phillies in strikeouts and ERA. Obviously, just through, so he won't throw in the series. But Tywin Walker already has eight wins on the year. Could Tywin Walker be a 15-game winner? That'd be wild considering how he started the year. But, uh, yeah, he certainly could be. And he's been really good as of late. But Marcus Stroman uh, has been incredible for the Chicago Cubs as well. The good news? The Phillies don't see Stroman in the series. So it actually works out well pitching-wise for both of these teams. Hopefully that means it's a high offense series and the wind's blowing out at Wrigley and the offense can actually get cooking for the Philadelphia Phillies. But, I mean, it'd be great to see Bryce Harper hit a ball out of the yard. He's in the middle of his longest homerless streak of his career. So, yeah, that's that's a tough thing. Uh, he's still batting like 286. Like, he's contributing to this team for sure. I, I'm not worried about Bryce Harper long-term whatsoever, but I want for his sake – to watch him hit the ball out of the yard so he could kind of maybe find a hot stretch and help carry the team a little bit here, help them continue to stack wins. Because if Trey Turner gets hot, it seems like he might be on the verge of. We, we keep He's like one of those birthday candles uh, that you can't blow out. Like every time you're like, uh, is it still lit? Is it not lit? Is it going to pop back up with flame again? And that does for a second that gets blown back out. So, you know, I don't know what's going on with Trey Turner. But he had a nice series against the Mets. Maybe he's coming out of it. He's going to just continue to be consistently good again for the Phillies. But if he gets hot and Harper gets hot and Ramudo gets hot and Schwarber finishes out June the way he plays in June, the pitching has been really good and the bullpen's good. And I mean, this team's going to be hard to beat. So we'll keep an eye on that. But yes, Phillies Cubs, it's a very interesting series. Just to tell you what the Cubs have done recently to give you an idea. Uh, so they went ahead and played the Cardinals in two games this weekend in London. So that's a bit of a factor, right? You're going through a whole change as far as the London time zone and everything. The Cubs played Sunday. They were off yesterday. So they'll have the day to travel back. But still, that's a little bit of a change. They split with the Cardinals. They lost 7-5 yesterday. They beat the Cardinals 9-1 to on Saturday. And then they swept the Pirates before that. But they were swept by the Orioles prior to. Or sorry, no, they weren't. They took uh, – why does my app keep messing up? 
keeps taking me to my Apple Music. They took one of three from the Orioles. Uh, but the sweeping the Pirates is a nice, solid victory. Pirates have been good this year. Splitting with the Cardinals isn't great. I mean, this team is very much like the Phillies. They have a little bit of talent. They can't really break too far over 500. And they're the less talented team on paper. But uh, right now, very similar teams, the Cubs and the Phillies. I think the Phillies have more of an upward trajectory, but they can prove that to us by winning two out of three, or, hey, maybe even a sweep uh, in this series with the Chicago Cubs coming up starting tomorrow night. So uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about tomorrow as we preview that and some uh, extracurricular stuff dealing with the All-Star game. Plenty of that to get into on tomorrow's episode, but that's all for today's Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube. Again, really appreciate anyone who's doing that. Thank you so much. Thank you for checking out Locked on Phillies, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'll talk to you tomorrow on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.